This is the Water Into Wine podcast. Over the coming weeks, I'm going to be describing a journey that I've been on over the past 12 years, telling you about how I started off as a non-believer in the spirit world and ended up as a believer. I'll give you all the clues you need to go and verify this for yourself and go and research for yourself as well, because I don't expect anybody to listen to what I say and just believe it. But I do want you to go and look for yourself because you'll find everything's there. Now, you can find the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and SoundCloud. Just search for Water Into Wine podcast. So welcome to the first episode of the Water Into Wine podcast. Um, now, over the coming weeks, I'm going to, I'm going to uh, tell you, first and foremost, that's what this one's about. This is how I started, how I got dragged into all this, because I didn't go in willingly. It, just, it was just a series of events that happened to me, to be honest with you. Um, first things first, my best friend was murdered. Now, that was quite a shock, to be honest with you. Huge, huge shock, as you can imagine. Um, and then a few years later, there was there were some strange things appearing in photographs that I was taking. And I had no idea what it was at the time. Um, I was a, a DJ in a lot of nightclubs, so I was taking a lot of um, uh, publicity shots of me and the crowds dancing and the nightclub name. And so I could, I could edit together a video and then put it online for advertising purposes. Well, I started noticing that I had little round circles of of white orbs, they were called, little round circles of white light just appearing in the photograph. And I had no idea what was going on. Not not a clue. It started off one or two and then four and then six. And then it, it went to dozens and dozens and dozens. In the end, I remember taking a photograph and I tried to edit the little orbs out. And I'd tackled the first with Photoshop the first top right-hand corner, the quarter of the photograph, and it took me about an hour and a half just to get all the orbs out of this. Um, and at that point, I just give up because I thought I'm going to be here for hours just for one photograph. So I went to a friend of mine and said that um, I'm having my friends. My friend John is a, is a great photographer. Got some fantastic cameras. So I said, I'm having some problems with a camera. Um, I said, it's actually two cameras because I chopped cameras halfway through and took some with the other photo, just to make sure it wasn't the camera, just took, took some with the other camera. And um, John said, what's going on? So I said, little white, white orbs, look at this. Look. I showed him the photographs, and he went, oh, you've got dust on the inside the lens, at the back of the lens. So I said, well, I tried that, John, but I, I used another photo, another camera, and it had the same effect. He said, well, I've never, ever, ever taken a photograph like this before in my life. He said, so I've got a camera here. Let's go in my front room, take a few cameras, and that will tell you that it's not going on. It's your cameras. So I said, all right, come on in. So I went into, the, into his front room. Uh, he took three photographs, flash on, three photographs, flash off. And he put the, the, the SD card into the computer. And uh, he started looking at the, at the pictures, nothing, nothing, nothing. By the fourth, fourth photograph, there was about a dozen orbs all around me. Um. And he, he, he looked quite shocked, to be honest with you. So I said, I told you. I said, I can, I can do this at will now. I can bring them on at will. Um, I just ask for it, and it happens. So he said, I've never had anything like this before in my life. He said, this isn't the cameras or where you are. He said, it's you. It's got something to do with you. Now, as a non-believer in the spirit world and all the rest of it, I found this so difficult to swallow. And I'm thinking, I'm going, look, John, come on, you know, I'm not Doris Stokes. What's going on here, mate? I'm just a normal bloke from Romford. 
I, these, these sort of things don't happen to me. So anyway, I went to work a few days later on, and there was a woman in a queue. They were queuing, two or three women were queuing up to ask for a request in this particular club I worked. And there was, uh, the third woman was looking at me really strange. So in the back of my head, I've gone, oh, here we go. Here we go. I've got a wrong one. There's a nutcase. <laughs> I've got a loony in the queue waiting to talk to me. She's going to throw a drink over my unit. And I'm looking around for a doorman just in case it starts. By the time she got to the front of the queue, she said to me, have you got anything strange happening to you at the moment? which I thought was very weird at the time. But I said, no, no, nothing at all, nothing at all. And I'm thinking, this is a weird idea. Hang on. She said, who's that, who's is that ring you've got on? And my, my father, when he passed, my mother gave me his wedding ring, and I used to wear it on my right hand because I wasn't married at the time. So I said, um, that's my dad's. And she said, he's standing next to you. Now, I'm still very, and I'm thinking, oh, well, this is a bit weird, to be honest with you. Why is this happening to me all of a sudden? So... I took the plunge and I went to see a, a, uh, a medium, a medium called Lorraine. We're just, we're, we'll only say a Lorraine because I don't want to mention her second name because she may not want to get involved. And um, she said, I've got your friend here, Russell. Yes, okay, yeah, okay, I'll swallow that one. And she then proceeded to tell me how he died, which she was spot on. She then went to tell me the view from the window in the room that he was in, and again, she was spot on. And it then proceeded after that that, that she told me that he's come to get me because I have a job to do. Now, you've got to remember, I'm still a non-believer at this point. This is, this is all weird to me. It's just weird land as far as I'm concerned, weird and wonderful land, because I've never been involved in anything like this before in my life. So anyway, I went, yeah, oh, all right, okay. I still, I took it still with a pinch of salt, even though she'd give me his name and, you know, so on, so on and so forth, some evidence as to where, how he died and the view from the window and whatever. And um, so I carried on talking to her and she said, you're, you're going to be approached to play a part in a film. And up until recently, I still had the cassette of this because I had it all recorded and you could, you could hear me laughing on the cassette. And I, I still remember laughing. And I said to the woman, yeah, of course, because I'm Romford's answer at the Brad Pitt, and I love. Um, she said, no, you're going to be contacted by somebody you haven't spoken to for 20 years, and he's going to offer you a part in a film. So you can imagine, at that particular point, being just a normal boy, I, I, oh, all right. Yeah, okay. All right, fair enough. And I come out and I, I just wrote it off, to be honest with you. Just completely wrote it off. It was it was weird that she knew me mate's name and how he died and the view from the window, but I just put it down as weird or, you know, it's just a coincidence. I was then driving to a, a nightclub uh, on, it was two weeks to the day, actually, after she'd done that. And uh, around about this sort of time was when the Da Vinci Code was was being released and it, it really gripped me the film so much so that I went on I was going on weekend breaks two or three day breaks to like the city breaks the different places I went to Paris I spent three days walking around the Louvre in Paris looking for the works of art that the Da Vinci Code said had code in them and lo and behold I, I saw all the all the bits that they said were code although I didn't know at that time it wasn't the code that I thought it was. 
Uh, I then went to Florence to the Uffizi uh, Museum and I went to look at the uh, Birth of Venus by Botticelli. And again, it's, it's got certain encoded symbols, so the Da Vinci Code says inside it. Um, and there was another place. I can't remember the other place I went. I went somewhere else as well. But anyway, there I am in the car on this Friday night. I jumped a bit there, didn't I? And driving to work, driving to a nightclub, and all of a sudden the phone starts to ring. So I've pulled over, answered the phone, and it was a fella, I won't mention his name, it was a fella that I uh, hadn't seen for 20 years. So I said, hello, so-and-so. Oh, my word, I haven't seen you for... And all of a sudden, it came into the back of my head what Lorraine had said two weeks previously. Someone's going to call you that you haven't spoken to for 20 years, and they're going to offer you a part in a film. So... I'm sitting there on the phone with this guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so what can I do for you? He said, well, I'm ringing up to ask the favour, really, and I'll give you an offer. So I said, um, yeah, go on then. And in the back of me, I'm going, he's going to say it. You know he's going to say it. He's going to say it. And he said, how do you fancy playing a part in a film? I, I swear to God this is true. I'm not making any of this up. So uh, I just started shaking at that point. It was, it was quite a... Uh, and it, it still makes me feel quite emotional now, to be honest. It was quite a slap round the face. So I've said yes and arranged to meet him and the director in, in the week. And um, it, that was a, a real turning point because I started, at that point, I started questioning everything that was going on around me. So I went to meet the director and we sat in his, his office. And... Um, he said, has, has so-and-so told you what the film's about? So I said, no, no, he, he hasn't. He hasn't, actually. Um, he said, okay, well, it's an English Da Vinci Code. And again, <laughs> I went, this is really weird. I've been uh, researching the facts in the Da Vinci Code, the factual parts of it, over the past few months. So he went, go oh, get out of it. You haven't been doing that. So I said, no, I have. I have. I, I swear to God, I have. I've been to the Louvre. I've been to the Uffizi. I've been seen a Birth of Venus by Botticelli, the Mona Lisa, and da, 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 da. And I went through all the works of art. And the director was looking at this guy that I hadn't seen for 20 years, and he was looking at the director, and both of them were going, this is really weird. This is, <laughs> this is getting really weird. So anyway, the filming started, and I found myself um, on a on a night shoot i was shooting i was interviewing the cast and crew and helping the the behind the scenes crew shoot behind the scenes and bits and pieces talking to the actors when they when just before they were going going on to do their piece and you get it's like track two on the dvd we've all got them so anyway i'll stand there talking to a guy called errol really 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 nice guy and um he said, I said, how did you get involved in this then, Errol? He said, well, I knew so-and-so and so-and-so, and, and they, they put me in contact with this one. Then like, the director come over and said, oh, how would you fancy playing such-and-such such a part and all the rest of it? So I'm going over because an actor's life is actually quite strange, to be honest with you. Oh, really? I said, that's okay. I said, do you do a day job? He said, yeah, I work in security doing this and doing that, and they give me some, some time off every now and again. So I said, oh, right. And he said, well, how did you get involved? I said, well, it was really weird, really, to be honest with you up until now. I said, because I went to see so-and-so, I had circles, you know, so-and-so, my best friend got murdered in Romford and so-and-so, and so in a hostel in Romford. And um, uh, I went to see a medium and 
then I, the orbs were appearing and da 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 and he went okay all right, when when was he murdered so i said oh it must have been about three years ago now four years ago maybe and he looked very very disturbed so in the back of my head i've got a a a little bell ringing going he's got something to do with this and i don't like this i'm in a situation now and I've, i i either have to press forward or or i've got to um get out of the situation um and he said what was his name i said it was russell and i said his second name he said mike i was in the room next to him when he was murdered i'm the one that raised the alarm and i'm I'm, I kid you not, this is the gospel truth. I didn't know what to say or do. Again, started shaking because it was quite a, that was another slap, big slap round the face. And I, and I got this, this big impression that somebody is proving something to me. And now as a non-believer, this was such a huge hurdle for me to believe anything like this. I, I just got this gut feeling that I was being led through life and I had no decisions to make other than what colour the shoes were I was going to put on or, or do I put my coat on or not. And everything else was mapped out in front of me and I was walking this path. And I don't know why I got that. I don't know why I got that feeling. I, I, it just come rushing to me at that particular point. So it was a very, very disturbing time, to be honest with you. So I carried on with the research um into the da vinci code because obviously now now i know it was given to me the this information was given to me um while i was doing the film i was still researching on the side and then i was interviewing the cast and crew um and it, it was a really really weird beginning and 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 it led me on a on a journey that's taken me in total so far 12 years and I've discovered some of the most amazing, outstanding things that I, I, I could, well, I never knew existed. It's, it's taken me to research Egypt. Um, I've gone back to um, the crucifixion of Christ, which there have been thousands of Christs. We'll, we'll, we'll come up to that. Um, it's taught me a huge amount about certain um, hallucinogenic drugs, which I don't condone, condone anybody taking any drugs whatsoever. I, I've never done it myself. I, I'm not into all that stuff, but these drugs are fascinating. Completely illegal. So before you try and get hold of anything that I tell you, don't do it. Don't do it at all. Um, but over the coming weeks, I'll be explaining to you where my research took me, what I was showed. Um, it, led, it led me on to writing a book that I released, uh, which was five years ago I released that now, and it's put me in the position that I am now because nothing's been done with this information and I find myself with a huge, ridiculous amount of information floating around in my head that I just have to get out. I just have to get it out and tell people. So th this, this is the reason for the podcast, to be honest with you. So I've got episode two, which is coming up next week, and episode two, two will have... Um, I'll start talking about certain works of art. So I'll start really lightly because this is a very, very complex story. Even it even involved quantum physics, but we'll come to that in a few weeks. Um, 
I'll, ta- I'll start talking about works of art, the coded messages, so we were told that were in the works of art, which there is no coded messages at all. But I'll tell you why we think it's coded messages. That's all coming up next week. So don't forget, if you're on Facebook or Twitter or, oh, I don't know, I'm on everywhere. I'm on everywhere, YouTube as well. Just subscribe or follow or click like or something like that, and it will give you a complete update as to when I put the newest, the newest podcast up. Thanks for listening, and um, we'll talk again next week.